And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the J-Care Podcast. Today we have top-tier shortstop in 2026 Illinois baseball commit Ethan Bass on the J-Care Podcast for the Illinois Baseball Series presented by Mind Baseball. Ethan, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just heading down for a little quick PBR tournament. And fall's going really great so far, so thank you for having me here. Hey, of course, man. We appreciate you coming on the show. And we're definitely going to be digging into fall ball, but... Before we dig into baseball, i got one question I always like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Ethan Bass? You know, Ethan Bass, he's just a hard worker in all aspects of life. You know, even in the classroom, baseball, lifting, with the family. Just, I love hard work. I like to make sure I get my grades up. Like, that's the big priority. Be do homework right before my lifts. I just got to do all the schoolwork before I get to do anything else baseball related. So I make sure to get all my classwork done. And I also like to spend time with my family because that's the most important thing in my life is just spending time with my brother. I love my brother. He's helped me a long way in this process. So just love spending time with the people that, you know, the loved ones around me. Okay. So, you know, you're making that drive. You said down there to some PBR event. 
I guess again, I, I'm not really familiar with Illinois, so uh, you're talking talking about the certain location you were hitting up. But kind of give us the rundown on fall ball so far. I know you said you're heading down to Jupiter next week as well. You know, what's this fall ball been like? You know, what are those expectations for Jupiter next week? Kind of give us the rundown on that. Yeah, so fall ball is just uh, just a little period of time, just to work on things for the upcoming high school season. You know, just trying to work on my approach, my fielding aspects, my feet, just trying to get like the groove of things so I get ready for high school. Because, you know, just like the main thing is being aggressive. You know, I've been uh, lacking that last high school season. I'm trying to be more aggressive. So this fall, I'm learning how to be more aggressive in the box, just working on things. So, you know, these little things, they help for the long run so I can get better at bats and all that stuff comes into play. All right. So I know you said you're heading down to Jupiter with, you know, GRB, you know, are you playing within this entire fall? Or are you playing with top tier kind of give us the, you know, what's that looking like? Yeah. So I played four tournaments with my uh, regular top tier team. We, we went to 16 new WWBA two weeks ago and then we were in PBR at Indiana. You know, it's a little good squad. We don't have our full team, but I got my guys like, we all, we all like, we all like each other. We play with each other. We try to make each other better, you know, for the upcoming high school season, which is really important. But GRB is down in Jupiter next week, and that's the only tournament I'm playing with GRB. But the rest is just with top tier. Okay. So digging into top tier here a little bit, obviously that roster is absolutely loaded with, you know, you, Callahan, TJ. I know there's quite a few other commits on that roster as well. Kind of take us through your travel baseball experience so far. You know, how did you get connected with top tier, potentially some other teams you played with in the past as well? Take us through what that travel baseball experience has looked like so far. Yeah, you know, I started playing baseball from a young age, like three years old. And I've been playing with Stoppers Baseball Club for maybe eight eight years of my life. And that's where I met all my friends. They're all my boys. And, you know, we still talk to each other to this day. So it's really good to – you know, make those connections in baseball, which really helped me. Like, they're still my friends from this day on. Like, we, we go to pool parties. We just hang out, bike around. It's 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 really fun. We even go to the cages together. Like, those friendships, ever, like, always last. So that's always important. But I'd say two years ago, that's when I made the switch from stoppers to uh, top tier, which I met a lot of my boys as well, uh, TJ, Cal, Addison Lacko, Patty Roth, there's many more. But, yeah, just building those connections with those people is just an amazing thing that baseball is, like, giving me. And we always try to make each other better. We, like, we constantly criticize each other in a good way, though, so we can make each other better. Because, like, deep inside, we, like, truly like each other and love each other. And we're trying to just make better of each other. Okay, so you talk about Patty Roth, you talk about Cal, TJ, a couple guys I've had on the podcast so far. You know, pretty, like I said earlier, pretty loaded top-tier roster there for that 2026 class. For you, being around so many guys of that caliber, you know, obviously Patty's going to be a future teammate of yours there in Illinois. You know, some of those other guys send to some other Power 5 schools. You said you guys are criticizing each other. So kind of take us through how you guys are maybe, you know, picking each other's brains, making each other better. Take us through what some of those conversations are looking like. Yeah, so like I said before, I'm all about hard work. So if I'm seeing my teammate, let's say for instance, like one of my teammates, he's not working hard. I know he's not, he's not giving it all at practice or a game, and he's like all Debbie down. I'm like, yo, we gotta bring this up. Like, 
if you want to win this game, you can't be having this attitude. Got to, got to pull it up, you know. So I just always try to find the little things, and just the little things is what makes you better. So, you know, if I don't see him working hard and it's like showing out on the field, I'm like, yo, you gotta this off season, man. You gotta get after it because you know you were you were. I want you to be at this point. It's just the little things that come into play. You have to be, you have to be putting in that hard work. Just everything comes into play. Those little things. Yeah. So I'm sure you talk about those little things. I'm sure the coaches are probably on some guys as well. You know, looking at some of those coaches in that top tier organization, I've heard about, you know, coach Plonk, I believe is his name. Heard a couple other different guys as well throughout talking to some of you different guys. What are some of those relationships you've been able to build with some of those top tier coaches so far? Yeah, I actually had a one-on-one lesson with Coach Plant, uh last Wednesday. And he just like an hour fielding lesson. It was awesome. He broke down my whole like my whole fielding aspect of the game, just like where my feet come into play, like how I'm charging the ball and all that. And like that is where I like my fielding's gotten way better in just an hour of time. Like he is Coach Plant, he's super knowledgeable, he knows knows all aspects of the game, hitting, fielding, just everything. So it's even helped me with my approach and just being more aggressive as well. And it just – Coach Blanc, he's very knowledgeable and helped me a lot. Okay. So, you, so when you think about travel baseball here in the Midwest, obviously top tier is one of those top organizations that everybody thinks of. You know, think of top tier, the Sparks, Indiana Bulls, stuff like that. For you going and playing two summers with top tier so far, what do you think has led to that top tier success? Um, yeah, just uh, all the boys that play for top tier, like like I said, Cal and we're super. We're also super competitive. You know, we like to uh, we like to beat everyone that we know is good, and like Sparks, you said. Sparks, Indiana Bulls, like we always have competitive games with them. Um, it's always it's always super close. We also know all the other people from the other teams, so it's like really good to be competitive with them because we want to win. And like we we have we have a lot of like grit in everyone, and I try to hold people accountable. When even though we're losing, we we always come back. Like that's what we're known for. Like. It's sixth inning. We're down three runs. Like no one's down because we know we've done. We know we come back from this before. So yeah, just the competitive, the competitiveness and the grit in our team is what makes us super good. Okay, so you talk about the sparks. Talk about top tier. You said that you know quite a few guys on some of those other teams. You know, is there any sort of rivalry with you know the sparks and top tier being those top two teams in Illinois? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the sparks. You know, because. We played them three times. I think we're two and one against them. But yeah, it was the last game we played them. It was it was one one zero the whole entire game, and we had bases loaded up bottom of the seventh. The ump called a terrible call, and it was just like, man, we they they got us, man, because they they wanted that. We took two wins out of their their for the first time. So, like, they wanted that win. So next summer, we're looking for that dub back. We're getting that revenge. So, yeah, I'd say the Sparks are our rivalry so far. Okay. All right. You know, I always kind of like to throw that in there, obviously, with you guys being those top two teams in the state. But um, a couple different, you know, beyond top tier, I know you have taken part in a few, you know, 
personal showcases across the country with some of the other top players in the country as well. Kind of take us through PG Sophomore National. I believe that was at East Cobb this past summer. Um, Kind of take yeah. us through that experience, the day-to-day, what exactly it was looking like, the atmosphere. What was that PG Sophomore National event looking like? Yeah, so I was actually coming from the NPI, which is like one of the biggest PPR tournaments of the year from my top-tier team, which we did really good. We made it to the top 16. So all already all those guys from MPI were going down to sophomore national, which is 20 minutes down the road. So right after that tournament, I got to see all those guys at sophomore national. And a lot of like the top 100 guys on my team or were, were on my team, top 100 guys in the country. So it was cool to like connect with them, the high caliber, see like how their, their work ethic is, what they do in the gym, how they eat. Just like getting tips from other people is also really helps me as well. Because, you know, a couple brains is better than just my brain. So I, I picked from what they do from their own life. And it's helped me a lot too. Like being around all these top guys in the country just made me better. Because first off, it makes me want to compete and be better than them. And it, it makes me have some tips from them and what they do in their personal life. Okay, so being around all those different guys across the country, you know, you talk about the top 100 players in this in the, in the United States. Who are some of those, I guess, relationships you've able to, been able to build? Who are some of those other guys across the country that you know pretty well? Uh, one of the guys on my sophomore national team, he was his, Nick, his name was Nicholas Bradley. He's the top 20 guy in the country. He throws 92 from the right eye. Um, he taught me some plyo, a plyo routine, and – Literally, first time trying it, hit a PR on the mound, hit 88. Like, damn, bro, you helped me a lot. Like, I'm going to start doing this every time before I pitch. So he's helped me a lot with, like, plow routine and all that. Uh, I got to meet Jack Ryan also at the sophomore national. Uh, he's also a pitcher, throws 90 from the right side. He He's really good. He taught me some pitching, like, some breakers, some two seams, so – it's really cool to see like what those top notch guys have to say about it. And our team has a lot of top guys too, like Patty Roth, he's top hundred, TJ top a hundred. So just like even though those are my boys, I can still learn from them and even learn from them more because I get to talk to them on a daily basis. So it's really cool just seeing all like what all these guys do and how they're getting better. And I just want to learn from them as well. Okay, so another pretty cool event you got to take part in is that Power Showcase down in Miami, you know, where the Marlins play. Probably your first time playing at a major league stadium. So uh, what was that event like? I believe that was with top tier as well. So, you know, again, take us through what that was looking like, the competition you guys were facing. What was that Power Showcase looking like? I actually got to go twice, which is which is awesome. Uh, I went I went down there two years ago in Miami, and it was just – it was just amazing, man. It was the first time stepping on to an MLB field with, uh, you know, just like looking on. It was like, it was amazing. So I got to play with uh, all my boys again. It was just, it was an amazing experience playing on MLB field. I, It was like one of my dreams as a little kid and became a reality at 14 years old, which is, it's, it's awesome to hear. It just, and we also ended up winning that tournament, which is awesome. So. Can't ask for anything more. Yeah. So was it like a you? So what was it like a, a, an invite tournament or what exactly was it? Because I've seen that power showcase before. I know there's like a home run derby attached to it too. What like was what exactly was it? 
pretty sure it was uh, invite only because there was a lot of good teams in there, and it wasn't it wasn't easy winning that thing. We had we had some close games, and it came down to the wire, but. Yeah, there was definitely some good teams. It was invite only. Okay. All right. So, uh, last question when it comes to travel baseball, you know, looking back on your time with top tier, you know, your time with the – was it the Stompers, I believe you said, before top tier, going to the yeah. sophomore national, the power showcase. Looking back on your travel baseball career so experience so far, what would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of travel baseball? Yeah, definitely just meeting everyone, like, on the track of, like, my baseball career, like, I've got to meet, like, 20-plus friends that I still hang out to this day. Like, a couple of them are Josh Panic, Chase Williamson, Clancy Rogers, Finn. Just, like, all those guys in the stoppers, they're super cool, super fun to hang around. And I just – I love hanging around them. So, definitely just, like, friends I've met. And, like, also another great part of summer baseball is, like, just, like, getting better every year and seeing my progress. Because I started at – travel baseball playing up two years for the stoppers when I was six playing eight you so just like just growing and just hitting the weight room just like seeing my progress was also super amazing and you know just building off my friends as well just like learning what they have to do to get better and their tips for me and like just like criticizing each other just because we love each other and we want everyone to be the best versions of themselves Okay, so making that transition from travel baseball to high school ball, you know, went through your freshman spring there a couple months ago. Take us through that experience. What was that like? Maybe some of the surprises that hit you being a freshman, playing with guys who are a couple years older than you. Take us through what that freshman year was looking like. Oh man, it's a, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different environment, man. It's just playing all those seniors. It's it's super hard because you know they have that top notch experience and. They know how to pitch to you. They know how to – they know the strategy of the game. They they know more than me since I'm a freshman. They had four years of playing baseball more than me. So, it was <coughs> – took me a little bit to adapt to the environment and just, just like, know what their sequence is in because I would get a lot of, like, a breaking balls and fastballs away. So, like, they knew how to locate. They weren't just – you know, my people my age is throwing fastballs down the middle because they don't have sequencing yet because they haven't had the ability to develop that. Because these seniors, like, not only were they just, like, normal seniors, they were, like, some D1 arms we were seeing. And they were just more developed, knew more, knew how to locate the zone. So definitely had to adapt. Um but the environment in high school is one of my favorites because my teammates on GBN, we had we had a blast all year. We were just – we were celebrating. We were super loud, had a lot of energy. And I'll never forget that freshman year. We almost made it all the way. It was a close one. Um, I'll, I'll always keep in touch with all the seniors that left. We had 13 seniors that left, so it's kind of sad. Um, but I think we're going to be pretty good next year, so that's – it's going to be a good look. Okay, so losing 13 seniors from last year's team, you say you, you guys have a pretty solid squad coming back as well. Take us through those expectations for your sophomore season, but then also, like, are you planning on stepping up as a leader with so many of those older guys, you know, leaving that team from last year's squad? Yeah, the thing about GBN is we, we're all leaders. So we all like to 
you know, pick up on each other and just, you know, if that, if someone's dogging it in practice, we like to pick each other up. Like, you know, you gotta, gotta bring it up a little bit. So definitely just like we're all leaders. Um, you know, I, I expect everyone to give it their all at practice because that's all that matters. You can have a team full of D1 commits, but if they're not in they're they're not taking seriously in practice, they're not going to see results. It's just, you know, we have to, as a team, we have to know when it's right to mess around, you know, like at, at dinners, we all, we always go all the time. So like, but at the baseball field, we're always locked in because we have a goal and that's winning state. So out of those 13 seniors there from that last year's team, obviously you talk about it was a pretty big adjustment going from, you know, facing guys your age to facing guys who are three or four years older than you. You know, who are some of those guys that maybe took you underneath your wing? Who are some of those guys that maybe showed you the ropes of high school baseball? What was that looking like? And uh, I guess take us through that competition level that you guys are facing as well with you being three, four years younger than some of those other guys. I mean, all those seniors – took me under their wing. They they taught me everything they knew. Um I can give a couple examples. MJ got I was out I, I would hit the gym with him. He would teach me a bunch of lifts, like teaching me technique and all of that. It's made me it's made me so much better than I had when I was a year ago. Um another example is the Geek twins, Spencer Geek and Kevin Geek. You know, they're super competitive. They always want to be better. They 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 want the team to be better, not just themselves. So that's what I really picked up is that not all not only do they care for themselves, but they really care about the team. They really care about winning. Not just winning, but just making everyone better because they really care about us. And just like, you know, a couple examples. We had Evan Mina and Nick Raju. Like they help they helped the dugout with the most energy. I mean, I I can't think of a person who was more loud than them. They are super loud. They got us riled up. I mean like our record was 28 and six or something like that. And I'm pretty sure we wouldn't win 10 of those games for us. wasn't for us being so pumped up and just like giving us that momentum to, you know, cause we have a, we have, we had a lot of close games and having being pumped up. Like we've came, we've came back so many times because we're never down on each other. Like when we're down, we always, GBN is also known as coming, always coming back. So yeah, all those seniors really helped me out, especially I'm a freshman. I didn't expect that. I expected to, you know, be treated like not as good as all the other people since I'm a freshman. They're like, yeah, you're just a freshman. You're a newbie. But, no, they they treated me with respect. They, they took me under their wing, and it was awesome. So being a team that was 28-6, and six, and obviously you said that you guys made a pretty deep playoff run as well, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you guys are one of those better teams in the region – but beyond that, around your guys' area, whether that's the conference, maybe some of those other teams that you were playing, who are some of those other top tier squads in you know in your region of Illinois? Yeah, so we actually won our uh, conference, which is amazing. Um, but we had uh, Evanston and New Trier, which are both uh, top team, top ten teams in the state which we ended up sweeping Evanston. One of the games was 17-12 to 12 or something. We, just, we were just destroying the ball. Everyone was pumped up. It was it was amazing to sweep Evanston. And New Trier, this is what got to us. We were 0-2. We had, a, we had a meeting before the game. Like, 
the meeting was about dogs never lose three, three times in a row. Like we, like if you're zero and two, you just want revenge. Like you never lose the third game. So we came into that game. We we're all fired up. It was sectionals semifinals actually. We're up. So it's two one. I had a three run home run. Everyone's pumped up. We're up five one. Like in the fifth inning or something. We we think we have it, you know. And then they came back. It was bottom of the ninth. They had a walk off home run. It was like we were super close to our goal, and it just it sucks to see. But the the thing that came out of that is that even though we were zero two, we know we still had a chance. And like like I said before, GBN has so much so much grit and like. The ability that we almost won that game is just amazing, considering they were, like, number two in the state or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, we also got to play Nazareth Academy, number one in the state. It was uh, during the middle of the – towards the end of the season, but it was regular season. It was three to three until, the, I think, the 10th inning. And then they, hit, they also hit a walk-off bomb. So, like, we almost beat the number one team in the state. Like, we were super competitive. It doesn't matter who we're playing. We're always competing out there. And just the amount of close games we have, like, we always come back, like, all that stuff. Just I love the grit in the, in the program, and it's all about the culture and keeping that culture alive. Yeah, of course. So, you know, being being so competitive there last year, you know, obviously going 28-6, and six, but two of those losses coming from walk-off, walk-off losses between some of the best teams in the state. I'm sure that comes with a lot of memories. So, you know, same question I asked about travel baseball. Looking back on your freshman year, I know it's not, you know, too many years to look at when it comes to memories, but what would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think about your high school experience so far? Um, Just, like, hanging out with all the guys, like the older guys and even, like, the sophomores that were on varsity. Just, like, you know, after a dub, we would just go out to Chipotle and just, like, celebrate the dub. So, like, those memories will always stick with me. <clears throat> and then a couple of the seniors that also took me under the wing, like another one is Paxton Williams, and he would just he would pick me up like after a you know a practice, and we would just go to Chipotle or Jake's Pizza. It was just it's like amazing just spending all the time with uh, the older guys. Like makes me it made me more mature just hanging around with uh, older guys and just like the memories of just. All those uh, dubs and those post game, those post game dinners, just amazing. We, we always, uh, we always love it. Okay, so being a freshman last year, already a guy who was uh, committed to a power five school, you know, staying local there to uh, Champaign. I do want to dig into that recruiting process, but you know, going through you know this past summer, going through this past spring, being a commit, you know, you're, as a, a younger guy, have you re uh, received a little bit of a chirping in any ways by some of those opponents? Oh yeah. Um yeah, it was uh in the playoffs. It was uh we're playing Niles West. I think it was the region it was the first game of the regionals. <laughs> um first first at bat I come up, everyone's screaming overrated. So I mean that got me super pumped up. There was probably like two hundred people there. So you know, it was uh I got the count deep, it was two one count and then smoke a double and I do my we have this double celly where we just like we throw we like take it off our mouth and throw a grenade in the dugout and everyone falls down. So it was like it was great doing that in the moment since you know I shut down those haters up like 
they're screaming overrated and I hit a double in front of their faces. They all shut up. So like it was awesome just like shutting that down and not listening to the crowd, just being locked in your mind and just being focused. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of you younger guys, guys who are like freshmen, sophomores in high school, you know, already committed to those Power 5 programs, definitely get a lot of chirping. I'm sure, uh, you know, definitely a little bit of added extra motivation there. But let's kind of dig into what led you there to Illinois. Take us through that recruiting process, you know, when to get started for you. When was it that some of those Division One coaches and programs started reaching out? Yeah, so um, U of I was always one of my favorite schools. And um, my high school coach, Coach Savino, <clears throat> he really helped me out with that process. He uh, he contacted the school. He uh, was messaging them for me. So it was awesome that he was trying to help me out. And also, Coach Savino was a big part of our, our culture, our GBN culture, like the grit and the competitiveness competitiveness like he was a great coach he always pushed our limits in practice that's what made us so great but back to the u of i stuff yeah u of i was it was just always my favorite school and i also had coach coach Oliveira. He, um he also helped me with the process a lot so coach avito and coach Oliveira, like they helped me a ton they they were messaging because like since i'm super young can't really message coaches until my junior year <laughs> So they helped me out a lot with that and just, like, sending video, uh, talking about me. So, like, it was awesome. Like, I really appreciate uh, those two for helping me out a lot. But I think it was uh, eighth grade summer, got invited to a camp, went to the camp, did popped off, hit, like, four home runs in BP, had a really good fielding session. And that's where they, they uh, gave me the O. So they were like, I was like, I felt at home, like, right away. Like, the campus was beautiful. Like, got to visit all around. Went to the indoor facility. Like, they just built a new indoor facility, which is, like, $13 million. Like, I have open access whenever I want there. So, once I get to college, like, like it's sick. It's like, I felt at home right away, especially when it's only two and a half hours away. I could see my families on the weekends. So, yeah, Coach Davino, Coach Olivero really helped me with that process and felt felt at home right away yeah I'm sure so going into that camp you said you went off you know had a great fielding session you had a great round of BP you know going into a college camp like that I know that's pretty common there for some of the underclassmen guys you know what was your mindset then also kind of take us through what the college camp looked like in terms of you know walking around Champaign going around and maybe touring the facilities take us through what that college camp looked like yeah so there were about 60 guys there they were super good they're all older than me a couple guys my age though like one of them was Joey Ireland, who's also an Illinois commit. So we both we both did really good at that camp, which is awesome. But even before Joey Ireland, Joe, Joey Ireland committed there, we were talking the whole time at the camp. Like we were in the same group, we were in the same hitting group, we we're in the fielding group. So like it was awesome. Like even before we both committed there, we still had that little connection. We talked for like three hours at the camp. But anyways, the camp was awesome. Like they gave us like an hour of fielding drills, which honestly made me better. Any any fielding work just, like, it just helps me a lot because getting the motions down, just, like, they know what they're doing there, and I knew that right away. So I was like, yeah, this is really good coaching. And he was he was teaching me, like, what to do right away, and, like, he just didn't – he wasn't, like, not caring. Like, that was, a, that was a green flag right away. Like, he cares about this program. He wants to make people better. So – and then 
going to the hitting, uh, the field is just awesome. Like while I was hitting, it's just this, they have a new scoreboard and it's turf field. It's awesome. And then even that indoor facility, like I can just do my fielding work whenever I want there. And the locker room is also sick. So, and got to see the campus as well. It's, it's beautiful. Like I can go wherever I want with freedom. It's just, just an awesome campus and field and the environment's crazy. Okay. So, you know, as that recruiting process was getting started for you, talking to those U of I coaches for the first time, potentially talking to some other coaches as well, take us through what some of those initial conversations were looking like in terms of questions that you're asking them, maybe questions they're asking you to get to know you as a ball player and a person. What did some of those initial convos look like? Yeah. So um, I, I talked to coach Christ a lot and, before the rule came out, we would call each other twice a week. So it's kind of a bummer that the rule came out. But before that, we were just talking on the phone, like, about, like, my swing path. He was, like, he was like giving me a little lesson and then, telling, like, talking about our lifting. And, like, besides baseball, he would get into, like, personal life, which, like, is awesome for a coach. Like, like I have that connection with him just to talk about whatever I want. I feel comfortable around him. So it was awesome just, like, to talk about anything. Like, we literally talked about school, like, giving me advice for, like, school and all that. And, like, asking how the family was, how my brother's doing, how my how my folks are doing and all that. It just makes me feel like he really cares and cares for me and everyone around me. So, like, it's awesome that I get to have those conversations with him and just talk about anything I want because – it's my coach and he really cares. Okay. So I know you said Illinois was uh, that favorite school for a while for you, but what was that final click that made you, you know, realize that, you know, you wanted to be a future Illinois baseball player and Illinois was going to be the spot for you. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was, like I said before, it's always been one of like my dream schools close to home and just, <clears throat> I, I like really set the deal when, I knew that the coaches really care about the players and they want the program to be better. Like I've seen other schools where they just, they don't care about their players as much as U of I. And that really set the bar up and made it a quick done deal. When like that whole camp, I knew they were like, they were talking to everyone trying to make everyone better. It just, that was an automatic green flag. Like made me want to, made me want to go to the school even more. So just like close to home, like all the all the check marks, but like they checked out. So it was just okay. awesome. All right. So you said Coach Christ was kind of that point of contact there for you. You have you built a really good relationship with him, you know, throughout that recruiting process. You know, after committing there two summers ago, how did that relationship evolve? And then obviously, you know, we're at the point right now where you can't talk to him there for a little bit. Also, kind of what's that excitement going into August first of your uh, junior year next summer? Yeah, I uh, can't wait for August 1st. I get to, uh, you know, talk to him. Like, it's amazing. But I'm going to a, a U of I camp, so I get to reunite with all the – because it's a committed camp, so I get to reunite with everyone and get to finally talk to Coach Price for it's been for a while. <laughs> but, yeah, so like we said before, that rule came out. We just had conversations about anything, just like day-to-day life, how's the family doing. And I, I'm looking forward to August 1st to having those conversations again and building that relationship even more because the rule kind of messed that up. But 
I'm looking forward to that October 15th camp. I get to see him and talk to him there. So, yeah, just looking forward to uh, the rule also August 1st. Get to talk to him more. So, it's it's cool. Yeah, so staying on the topic of relationships, you know, we brought up Patty Roth so far. You mentioned a couple other guys that were at that camp you were at who are, you know, your future teammates. What are some of those relationships looking like beyond those guys with some guys in maybe your recruiting class, guys in the 25, 24 classes as well? What are some of those relationships looking like with your future Illinois teammates? Yeah, Patty Roth, uh, we, both, we both go to the same, like, throwing throwing program at Fastball USA. Fastball USA has helped me a lot. <clears throat> really do the, the quick twitch muscle movements and all those stuff to be a, become a better infielder, pitcher, you name it. Just like, And just the arm recovery, like, my arm always feels electric. So just like me and Patty go there twice a week and we always see each other there. Just like that connection builds every time we go. Like every time we step in that building, we talk to each other for an hour. So it's also Addison Lacko. He goes there twice a week. We're like, we're best friends, me and Addison. So it's, it's just awesome that uh, all my best friends, even Joey Ireland, like we're all committed to the same school. We get to share those relationships for past our high school years and room with each other. It's just, just awesome to know that I have not even one, just like four friends going to U of I at the same time. So it's just awesome. Yeah. So you know, Illinois picked up some pretty, you know, four good ball players for that 2026 class so far. Obviously, they're not done yet. You know, next year, August 1st, I'm sure they're going to be adding on to that recruiting class for you. You know, for you, being a guy who knows a lot of people, being a guy who's playing for top tier going across the country, are you going to be playing a, a recruiter in a way to Illinois and trying to get maybe some of your uh, top tier teammates or some of those other guys you know across the country there in Champaign? Yeah, I'll try to get as much uh, a much as much as my boys there to U of I because we're, we're trying to win Omaha. That's the main goal. Omaha 2027 so okay get get yeah get top tier get as much top tier boys as you want because our top tiers our top tier squad's loaded you know and it's not about just like how good your team is it's about the chemistry and if we build that like we already have that chemistry before even coming into U of I so like we're gonna make that culture like I bet the culture's already good but I always want a a good culture as a team because that's how you win games like Colleges, colleges care about winning games. They don't care about how good you are. They're going to do anything to win the game. And a big part of that is competitiveness, grit, and, of course, which is the culture. Culture has to be amazing. Okay. Omaha 2027, that's a pretty big statement there made for you. Um, and we're oh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully years down the road, you guys can make that happen. But, you know, as you get to – I guess as you go through these next couple of years, you know, get the champagne there and, you know, in uh, – fall of 2026 um kind of take us through where you see yourself playing at that next level i know going through your pbrpg account you know you're a shortstop outfielder pitching as well kind of what's that plan as you move forward and get to that next level yeah so um i'm a big utility guy like i can literally play anywhere on the field uh you name it left field center field right field third base shortstop second all those positions but the main thing about that is just being a baseball player. Like, if you're athletic, that's good. Being a baseball player is also another thing. Like, you have to know all the aspects of the field. Like, like shortstop, you need to know how to be, like, you need quick feet. Like, all the infielders. And then outfield, like, you can be fast, but you also need good reads. It's just all about being an athlete and then a baseball player. 
So if you have both those unlocked, you can play anywhere in the position. And it's all about it's all about unlocking that feature about being a baseball player. Like most most athletes are just athletes, and they they need to unlock both. And once they unlock both, they're 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 dangerous. But yeah, but I'm currently six two, so if I think if I grow maybe a couple more inches, which I think I will, I'll probably set in stone at outfield. But right now it's looking good at shortstop. So I'll I can play anywhere. So put me anywhere, I'm fine with that. Okay. So being a utility guy who can move around the diamond, you know, moving from you know, the outfield spots, the shortstop, third base, second, whatever. What's that adjustment on the game to game? You know, whether that's, let's say one game you're playing shortstop, the next game you're playing center field. What's that adjustment going from the infield to the outfield, you know, back from the outfield to the infield? What's that adjustment looking like? Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's our summer team, me and Dylan Bowen, we split time at shortstop. Like, we're we're both really good. So, like, I'll, I'll play center field for one game and then come back to short like you said before, um, it's really not a big adjustment because I like coach plot, like he puts us in situations where maybe in college, I'm going to play center field and I already unlocked. Like I already know that I can play center field. Like this is not my first time. So just coach plot putting us into good situations. And like, I can't just be playing one position for the rest of my life. That's just not going to set eyes open for other positions, you know? So it's not a big adjustment. Like, the more I do it, the better I get at it. Like, I've been playing shortstop my whole life. But these past two years, I've been playing center field, like, switching off. So it's actually makes me a better baseball player because I know the, uh, like, more of, like, the field, that makes sense. Like, I know everything around. And it just – Coach Plot setting me up for success. And, like, you don't know where U of I is going to put me. Like, if they have a stuck shortstop, I can play center field, which is – Amazing. Yeah, of course. You talk about Dylan Bowen. He might be one of those uncommitted guys you need to, you know, try to work your way to get him to Champagne there in a couple of years. I, I believe he's uncommitted, right? Yeah, he's uncommitted. I'm trying to get him over okay. here, but yeah. he's, he's he's a stud. He's a stud. He like we're kind of like similar athletes. We're both super athletic, and <laughs> we both have like same hitting tools. So like it's cool like to see, um. One of my boys similar as me, and I really want to get into U of I, though. That's the goal. Yeah, I know he's uh he's an Indiana guy, so I hear a lot of great things about him from uh, the PBR Indiana scouts and all that different stuff. stuff. So hearing a lot of great things about Dylan. But, you know, kind of yeah. moving from the fielding side to the hitting side of things, kind of take us through your hitting approach. You know, what's that kind of looking like when you're on deck? What's going through your mind? You're walking up to that batter's box. You know, what are you trying to do with each at-bat? Yeah, hitting, hitting is all timing. Uh, standpoint <clears throat> so I make sure when I'm on deck that's that's the most important time of my at that even though I'm not actually hitting I take my on deck seriously like that's when I get the pitchers like motion down the timing down because if you're not in time you're not good you're not gonna barrel up the ball so I usually hit two or three so <clears throat> I take advantage of that like one hitters they have to be ready like for the warm-up pitches, but like when I'm the two hitter, I can just uh get the get the pitcher's motion down, just get the timing down, and just like even like swing when I know when he's gonna throw the pitches. So like it's like it's really important like seeing if he has a good curveball, like really high spin. Like I need to put that in my brain. Like if he doesn't have a good curveball, I can just hit fastball and adjust the curveball since I know it's coming out the hand. But 
coming to my approach now, I'm like in fall ball, I'm trying to work on being more aggressive so I can not miss the first pitch like all the time. Like if it's a fastball on the middle, not taking it because that's the best pitch you're going to see all at that. So, but that comes into play when you're on deck. You have to be ready for the timing. You can't just like, oh, like I'm just going to let this pitch go by. Like I wasn't thinking. Like you got to be yes, 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 no, or yes, yes, yes. So, like, just, like, taking advantage of those little things really makes you a better player. And fall ball has really had, like, it really helps me just, like, working on things, like being more aggressive, taking that oppo pitch oppo, not rolling over to the full side. So just, like, working on this approach is going to make me a better player for high school and the later years coming on. So, yeah, just, like, that's my approach. Okay, so with that approach change to being a little bit more aggressive to the yes, 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 or yes, yes, no approach, has that affected your two-strike approach at all? Or has your two-strike approach kind of stayed the same? Oh, uh, yeah, my two-strike approach, I widened up a little bit. And not like I, I sort of have a big leg kick in my normal talent. So, <clears throat> so when I get into that two-strike approach, I widen up a little stride so I can so I can just adjust to anything that's coming out my way, like high fastball. Like, if it's close, anywhere close, I'll just uh, take it oppo or just fall it off. Like, you can't be taking those close pitches because you can't leave it up to the up. So, just, like, my two-strike approach right now is really good. I'm just trying to, like, think anything at it high because if, if it starts high it's and it's a curveball, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a strike. So, just, like, think – like, it's all – this is all you have to do in practice. You got to – got to think about these little things you can't just come into the game thinking you know everything like this is where you have to take advantage of practice just like even in the cages like not just trying to like hit bombs just like maybe like five out of the 30 minutes you hit work on two strike approach and that's the little things that makes you better so kind of digging into the mechanics i know you did say you've got that big leg kick there before the two strike approach take us through those mechanics you know from the load up through that follow through take us through those mechanics and how maybe they've evolved here these past couple of years from a young age I've always had a you know a big leg kick and uh one of my coaches from the stoppers Jason Robinson like he's he's been giving me uh hitting lessons from a young age and he taught me that leg kick which is really like generated most of my powers come from so I brought that into uh, later years and still use it a bit now I kind of shorten it up a little bit but I still have that like Oh, oh, count, super aggressive, big leg kick, generate that power and just bring those hands back. And then once I land, I know I'm yes, yes, like I said before, yes, 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 or yes, yes, no. So just always being ready to hit the ball is what I've learned. Because if you're not ready to hit the ball, you're going to be in a kind of like a, a defensive mindset and like kind of like a two-strike mindset. You only want to be in a two-strike mindset and two strikes. Like when you get that 2-0 pitch, you're not, you're not taking that pitch that – wouldn't usually take so you know just the approach right now is just a big leg kick and that's really helped me a lot because that's where I get a lot of my power so I'm gonna keep it rolling for next year I'm not gonna change that anytime soon because it's really working for me okay so looking at your game's entirety so whether that's playing the outfield playing the infield hitting base running whatever ends up happening to be if you were a scout watching your game what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? Um, I would say that this dude is uh like a big utility guy. Like I would 
I would note that down right away. Like he can play any position because that's where that's what coaches are looking for. Like, can you just play third base? Can you just play first base? No, this guy can play anywhere. He can play shortstop, outfield, learning anywhere. So I would note that down right away. And then I'll also note down like um, how like he like knows the strike zone a lot. Um, he doesn't swing at bad pitches. He, he knows the strike zone very well. He has a two-strike approach. He's very knowledgeable. He's on deck, like the little things, like he's like timing it up really well. He's not talking to his friend while he's on deck. He's locked in. Like us, the coaches care about the big things, but if you're doing just the big things, not the little things, I would note that down. So I really take advantage of the little things because they help a long way. So, yeah, I would say uh, he's a utility guy takes advantage of the little things and he's pretty fast i'd say that all right so you know we kind of dig into you know what you what you are as a ball player right now looking ahead to the future digging into your development as you go through these next couple of years get the champagne there and you know fall 2026 what are some of those key points of emphasis within your development here moving ahead these next couple two three uh, seasons yeah just trying to get bigger faster stronger those are the main three things and, like, once that comes along, like, my fielding, my hitting, just, it'll gradually get better. Just, like, bigger, faster, stronger, bigger, faster, stronger. That's all I think. It's, it's, it's very simple. But, you know, just, like, if you're on, if you're consistent, you're, you'll be good. Like, and I take advantage of the little things, like I said before, like eating healthy, um, sprinting in the hill, you know, working out, um, getting a lot of sleep. Just, like, the little things that matter. Like, you don't think they matter, but they do. And, you know, like, maybe, like, getting an ice cream once a week. Like, no, I don't do that. Like, I stick to my plan. Like, like it won't kill you, but it'll make you a little worse. I just like to – I like to be the best version of myself, you know. And it's, it's, it's okay to be balanced, which I kind of am. So, it's, like, hanging out with my friends once in a while, like, you know – like having fun, like you got to have fun as a kid and yeah, just like taking care of the little things. That's really important. Okay. So dig it into my last segment here for you, moving away from the, moving away from baseball, kind of digging into the personal side here, you know, looking at your passions, you know, let's say you have to go take your mind off of something, maybe cope with some stress. What would be some of those passions and hobbies that you have beyond the, beyond the game of baseball? Yeah. So um, baseball, it's like, it's gotten me into lifting and I at first I did not like lifting but like now I love I love to lift like that's like what copes with my stress just like picking up a dumbbell and curling it like that's just super fun to me and uh also listening to music it really gets me going like I like to listen to I'm not like a like a usual guy who listens to rap I like to listen to like chill and like like vibey music that like it like doesn't get me hyped up like i'm like kind of like chilled out and stuff and like in a good vibe that makes sense so like working out hanging out my hanging out with my friends that like really helps too and just listening to music those are the big three things okay all right. all right so moving from passions to motivations what is that that helps you yell bed every morning helps you continuously evolve as a ball player as a person what are some of those motivations looking like you know, just getting out of bed, I, like, think right away, like, did I, like, am I going to work hard today? Like, every aspect of life. So, 
like even like right before I go to bed, I ask myself, did I work hard? Did I work hard enough? And if I say yes, then I go to bed like happy. If I if I don't if I say no, then like I I don't go to bed happy. So like I I make sure I'm hopping out of bed. I'm doing something like productive right away. Like no matter what, if like like I do yoga every day. Like no matter if it's yoga, like mobility, taking a cold shower, just like getting the like once you get the day started with something productive. You get the day rolling, so that's that's what I like to do. Like, okay, so let's say you keep uh, you talk about those cold showers, doing yoga, different stuff like that. You know, can you know continuously getting better? Let's take that question a little bit further. Perfect picture of your life twenty years down the road. Let's say you keep doing that. You keep you know trying to evolve as a ball player and as a person. What does that perfect picture of your life in twenty years look like? In twenty years, I see myself in the MLB. Um, just uh. If I keep on working hard these past twenty years, I know I can do it, and uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of people's dreams, and it's one it's definitely one of my dreams. So just um, any any leverage I can do, it's just like to work harder than someone else who has that dream. I know I can do it, and that's the goal. That's why I work so hard. Like like you said before, like waking up with motivation, like that's one of the things that's in my mind. Like, am I working harder than like someone who has the same dream as me? Am I like doing more than someone who has the same dream as me so i just want to make sure i'm working hard and in 20 years like i would love to be in MLB. that's the perfect dream all right man you know i got six more questions here for you i'm gonna ask them in a set of rapid it's gonna be like a rapid fire pace three sets of two questions here so first set coolest contact in your phone you know you're scrolling through your phone who's that coolest contact that not too many people have and then second off Go-to playlist. I know you said you're not a big rap guy. You kind of like, you know, listen to more of that chill music. What's that go-to playlist looking like on a on a long drive? Uh, yeah, first question, uh, coolest contact in my phone. Like, I'd say my brother, just because my brother, he's, he has a small group of friends, and he just he gets – he knows, like, like, who to choose to make each other better because, like, he – he wants to make people better, but if people are not willing to do that, like he's like he's like not close with them because like they kind of like are fake and like not like you know they don't he doesn't like them like they don't like him for who he is. So like my brother, like he he loves me because like we're such a hard work, we're super close, and just like not many people have my brother's contact because you gotta be a hard worker, you gotta be determined to. Being the friend, like, be his friend. Because, like, you know the saying, like, show me five of your friends and I'll show you your future. That's, like, one of my big quotes I have in my head. So, like, surrounding myself around the right people is really important. And my brother has helped me a lot, like, a, a lot in this process. Like, he's changed my life. And then second question was, um, what type of music do you like? I'd... Like I said before, like vibey, chill music. Like I also I like to listen to this playlist. Me, my brother, and Addison Lackill made. Uh, it's called Monk Mode, and we just like we we add like vibey music to it, like while we're lifting in the gym, and it, it just gets you going. Like I was uh, listening to one of the songs in Monk Mode and hit hit a PR of three fifteen on a first lunch. So like just like listening to that music really gets me pumped up too. So yeah. You so you talk you talk about chill vibey music. I guess 
what do you mean by that? Like, is there certain like singers that you like listening to? Is it just like certain sounds that are going on? What do you mean by vi- vibey chill music? It's just not, it's not rap. It's kind of like, kind of like hip hop, but like, kind of like, um, I can give you a few, like, you know, uh, blue hair girl, like it's, they're not known artists. It's like, okay. you would have to like the songs. It's like, it's songs, but like not rap. That makes sense. Like you'd have to listen to the playlist. Maybe it gets me, uh, you going. Give me, give me that best, the be- favorite song on that. You said what's it called? Monk. It's called oh. Monk Mode. Monk Mode. Give me that. Give me the. Give me your two or three. Fa- I, I got a long drive here after this episode, so give me, give me three songs that I'm gonna have to listen to uh, from that Monk Mode playlist. The the vibey music. Um, I'll give you two songs. Um, one of them is uh Tech It. It's a it's a weird name, but hey, it gets me going. And then okay. another one's called Moments. So Tuck It, you said? T-E-K-I-T. And that's from, is that from Blue Hair Girl? Um, not, no, not that one, but it's, yeah, it just gets me going. It's, okay, all like, right. You have to listen to, you have to listen to it a lot to like actually like it. People don't like it right away. Okay, I'm going to have to, I'll maybe listen to it. That'll be my first song and then maybe my last song too. See if I like it there after you listen to it for one time. We'll, we'll see what I think. But uh, moving into that second set of questions here for you, man. So let's say I am taking a trip to your hometown. What are some of those recommendations you got for me? You know, restaurant wise, maybe some favorite things to do. What would be some of those area recommendations you have for me? And then you have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? All right, so first question, uh, like, what's my hometown like? I'll definitely – so we'd start the day off by uh, – I'll take you to Techni. we run the hill up because I, I do that almost uh, twice a week or something like that. And then after that, we get some nice food at Bluefish, which is uh, five minutes down the road. It's like sushi. You get whatever you want there. And then after that, we get a quick hitting session, which I'm super blessed to have. It's called the Kipnis Center. So, uh, Jason Kipnis actually went to my school. Uh, when like ten years back, and he was in the MLB, two-time All Star. So it's amazing, and to have that like player go through your program, and he's gonna be uh, assistant coach uh, coming up this year. So I'm super pumped for that. Just like having the Kipnis Center and all that like available to me. So we we'll definitely go to the Kipnis Center. There's a machine there. You can feed me in it. We get a quick hitting session, and then after we we'll go to probably. The downtown where we'd uh hit up some yard house it's a really good restaurant i like to go to sometimes and then probably end the day off with uh just like biking around downtown just like because it's, it's super it's super pretty downtown so yeah and then second question three people i would have at my dinner first one it's surprising but david goggins that's one of them second probably mike trout so I can get the baseball wise. And then third, Max Clark. Just because Max Clark, he's uh like I, I I can relate to him. He's uh he was a high school kid, you know, he super uh super famous. Like I would like ask him some a bunch of questions like that, uh, you know, because he knows he knows everything. He came out of high school, like super famous, like how to ignore the hate and all of that stuff. And uh Mike Trout, same thing. Like, this is like kind of like a different kid. He was an underdog in uh, high school, and just like 
talking to him, like, what made you, like, not listen or to, like, like you were an underdog. Like, what made you so good and, like, all this stuff. And then David gets for the mentality part. He's, he's a dog. Like, I don't know how he does things. Like, he ran 100 miles in two days or something like that. So, I would ask him, like, how do you do all that stuff? Yeah. Um. So, you talk but about yeah. – you talk about Jason Kipnis being a, an assistant coach there for you guys this upcoming spring. What's that excitement for a guy like that, being in that dugout, kind of showing you the way that, you know, a major league ball player goes about his ways? You know, what's your excitement for that? But also, how do you plan on picking his brain throughout this upcoming spring and just, you know, going through practices with him? Yeah, so um, Coach Avino was our old coach, and now it's uh, Coach Weiner. And Coach Weiner and – uh we have Coach Winer's our main coach, and then Coach Kipnis is our assistant coach. They were friends in high school, which is, like, sick to do, too. So, like, just, like, uh, Coach Winer's very knowledgeable as well. He'll teach me all the things. He's trying to make the he's, – he's like Coach Avino as well. Like, he wants the culture to be good at uh, GBN. But, Coach – I'm super excited for Coach Kipnis as well. Like, just, like – like, say we're in practice, he's fielding. Like, he can just teach me everything he knows because he was a stud fielder. Like, I would watch him on TV. His hands were super clean, his feet. Like, just, like, just like knowing an MLB guy is teaching me, like, like what he knew and what – like, he's he's gone through this program. He's he's done what we've, we're we all doing as kids. So, like, just, like, seeing what he knows and what he can, like, give off of us. Like, I'll, I'll try to – sponge in everything he gives to me because two-time all-star and that will be like nothing nothing more you can ask for than that for sure um but man i got two last questions here for you before we end it off first off tiktok for you page let's say you're going on your phone you're scrolling through tiktok what are some of those different videos that you're seeing and then final question dream nil brand you get the champagne you get that opportunity to capitalize on your name image and likeness what would be that dream brand to partner, endorse, or collaborate with? Yeah, first question, what's on my For You page? Uh, a lot of motivational stuff, like, helps me wake up and just, like, get hard work done. Like, I'll see, like, some baseball TikTok and quotes, like, like a motivational quote, and they're just, like, hitting. So, like, I relate to that, and I like to use those quotes just to, like, fuel me up. And then uh, second question um but what's the second question again uh dream nil brand oh yeah dream nil brand um definitely like nike or adidas because there's they're um super known and they got like everything it's just like i would love like any nil i would love to take but like nike or adidas or like even gator like all those are sick like i would love to have any nil deal yeah, well, if I mean, if you get hit up by Adidas, Nike, or Gatorade, you must be doing something right. So uh, definitely a, a good NIL brand to have there, hopefully, in you know, the years to come. But anyway, man, um, that's the final question here for you on the J-Care Podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, I want to wish you the best of luck this morning, today. You know, I want to wish you the best of luck going into Jupiter and the years to come as well for the rest of your career, man. Uh, but again, just, you know, appreciate you coming on the show and best of luck the, re the rest of your career. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's, it's an honor.